0: I have the honor and the privilege and the joy of sharing a message with all of you that I hope is going to bring some encouragement to you during this Christmas season. And I want to begin by reading a couple passages from the Bible, very short passages, which do a really good job of summing up the meaning of Christmas and the story of Christmas. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you two reasons why the birth of Jesus Christ is significant and why it's relevant to you and to me. And so I want to invite everyone to stand up to your feet right now. You've been sitting for a while. Would you join me in reading... I, from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 together, and whether you've ever read from the Bible or not, I want to encourage you to read with me today and help me preach in this place this morning. I want you you read this in a big, loud voice? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. 700 years before Jesus was born, there's a prophet called Isaiah who wrote this. And what is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 2, verses 6 to 12. And what does this say? Read it with me a big loud voice. It says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you, he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Before you take your seats, today's message is called By Your Side. Would you turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, there's someone by your side. Tell them that right now. There's someone by your side. There's someone by your side. Please have your seats. You know, sometimes when I read scripture, I tend to gloss over it the first time. And so would you help me look at verses 10 and 11 one more time? And you guys have done an awesome job of reading. Could you do it like 10 times louder today? And so let's say it together. Verses 10 and 11 say, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. See, the Bible says this. It says that the birth of Jesus Christ is good news of great joy for all people. That means regardless of your background, regardless of your culture, regardless of whether you have a religious affiliation or not, the fact is Jesus' birth into this world was good news of great joy for all people. And the question is, Why? Is it because we get a statutory holiday, we get to throw parties, exchange gifts? I love all those things, but that's not the biggest reason. See, let me tell you today, two of the biggest reasons why Jesus' birth is good news of great joy for all people. Could you do some good news in this place this morning? The fact is this, is that whether you have ever been to church or not... Jesus' birth is good news of great joy for you and for me. Why is that? Let me give you a couple reasons today. Reason number one is that Jesus Christ was born so that you would know that God loves you and wants to be close to you. Would you turn to your room and say, God loves you? God loves you. Turn to someone else and tell them the same thing. God loves you. See, I don't know about you, but I find that Christmas can be a really busy time. Don't you find that? It can be a really stressful time even. I, on top of everything that we're doing at work and for us at the church, we're really busy. There's also our family that we want to take care of as well. In my case, Pastor Charlene, who's on the stage earlier, she and I, we have two sons. We have uh, a boy called uh, Bradley who's seven years old. And we've got a boy called Caleb who's just over one years old. And since we're about three days away from Christmas Day when we open Christmas presents, can I show you the Christmas gift that, uh, that we're planning to give to my younger son Caleb? Can I show it to you today? Is that, do, would you mind seeing it? Is that okay? Can I show it to you? Okay. You promise not to tell him? Well, you, you can tell him, but he's not going to understand anyways. But the fact is, he's only one years old. Let me tell you some background on Caleb. See, Caleb is 17 months old. He's just about one and a half. And for some reason, do you know what Caleb loves more than anything? You know, more than you know, tr- trucks and trains, more than cars, more than balls to kick, more than any of those things. He, for some reason, loves empty containers. Yeah, empty containers. So almost every morning when I'm picking up Caleb from his bed, I'll bring him downstairs. I'll set him down on the living room floor where all the toys are. And he will look at the toys and he'll crawl away. And he will go to the kitchen. And he will go to the kitchen cabinet. And he will open the biggest drawer at the bottom, which has all of our empty containers. He'll, it has plastic containers, glass containers, Tupperware, lunch boxes, all those things. And for some reason, for some reason, with a, a, a container in one hand and a plastic lid in another, Caleb is just the happiest boy in the world. I know he doesn't look that happy right there, but trust me, he's very happy. He's very happy. Look at this one. This is super happy, right? This is during the summer, and he's got his, he, he's got his container uh, drawer there. And I find that not just in the summer, but every season. This is in the summer. Look, this is in the spring. This is spring. He's into these containers. Uh, look at uh, fall. Look at the fall. This is him also with these containers. Look at the, the containers are getting less and less. You don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, and then wintertime, he's also looking at containers. He, for some reason, loves containers. I don't really know why. But the fact is, because he loves containers, I thought there's only one obvious choice for what to get him for Christmas. Do you know what that is? Christmas containers. All right. Yes. That's right. Thank God for the dollar store. We went to the dollar store, and there's got this ample supply of Christmas containers of all shapes and sizes and colors. So we got a bunch. We got a ho, ho, ho Christmas container. You know, we've got a snowman Christmas container. We've got a gingerbread uh, man Christmas container. We've got uh, a pair of snowmen there. Uh, We've got, you know, holiday drinks, something you're going to have later on today. Uh, We've got an octagonal uh, Christmas container. Uh, We've got, of course, Olaf from Frozen 2. You can't go without that. And basically, we've got a whole collection of Christmas containers. Do you think he's going to like it? Oh, I hope he likes it. I hope he likes it. The fact is this, is that with these these containers, usually these containers are supposed to contain the gift. In this case, these containers are the gift. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That's my son, Caleb. Now, as for my older son, Bradley, well, he's seven years old. um, And uh, over the years, I find that Bradley's approach to Christmas gifts has gotten increasingly, um, shall we say, increasingly sophisticated. Uh, what I mean by this is, let me show you Bradley's Christmas gift wish list from last year. This is not this year, this is last year. Uh, his interests have kind of changed since then, but, but let me just show you. This is his own handwriting, and, uh, and this just says, my wish list to Santa. And then the first thing is, a whole lot of Pokemon cards. All right, that's his writing. All right, number, number two, London Drugs Battle Tank. All right, number three, I like number three. It says, $1,000, and then in brackets, in bucks. Right, he wants not just a thousand dollars, but he wants a thousand bucks because I guess that's different. Here we go. Another one is indoor plant and flower. At number five, wood and brackets, not smelly pieces of wood. Okay, uh, and then number six, a Nerf and Strike Elite Falcon Fire. That's a toy gun. Apparently, he's a collector. He says, um, and then finally, Nintendo Switch new video game, not an old video game. But a new video game. Now, just to be clear, he didn't get everything on this list last year, all right? Uh, but the fact is that, you know, he's got a sophisticated list. I think that's a pretty sophisticated Christmas wish list. And the fact is, why do I mention that? Because as, as much as I get a kick out of trying to figure out what my kids want for Christmas, deep down, I think I know that the most important gift that I can give my kids is the gift of my presence. It's not because I'm this great guy. It's simply because I'm their dad. And they are my kids. And what they, I think, need probably more than a plastic container or a video game is what they need is their dad as much as possible present in their lives and by their side. And that's why every Wednesday you know, during the school year, what I'll try to do is I'll try to get off work early. I'll go pick up Bradley, and uh, we'll just go somewhere. We might go to Cha Time and get a bubble tea. We might just go in the car and watch a movie. We might go home, and we might play with his ever-so-beloved Beyblades, and he did, we just do that. You know, and, and it's one of those things where we might just spend no more than maybe 45 minutes together that afternoon, but Bradley treasured that time so much he calls Wednesdays Daddy Day. That's his day with me. And it's not just Bradley, but my, my younger son Caleb. During the week, I'll try to get home and be in time for him to play with before he goes to bed. I want to be there to kiss him goodnight as much as possible. And it's because I really believe that the greatest gift that I can give my kids for as long as I'm alive is the gift of my presence. But see, if I had to be really transparent with you, it's not just because I want to do it for them. I actually do it for me. Because as their dad, i got to be honest, is that Nothing gives me more joy than to be close to my kids and to be by their side. In fact, I remember back two years ago on Canada Day weekend, I remember it was Canada Day, July 1st, 2017, and Charlene and I and Bradley, this is before Caleb was born, were eating at a Chinese restaurant. And uh, we're having, I think, sweet and sour pork and some fried rice and maybe some other things. And and I remember that the next day on July 2, 2017, that Charlene and Bradley, they were going to fly off, to Asia for a five week trip and as I'm thinking about that and I'm eating my sweet and sour pork I start to actually get emotional. I don't usually get emotional eating Chinese food. But I was getting emotional eating over this sweet and sour pork and this fried rice. And uh, I start to tear up. And uh, I start to cry. And people start to take notice. I mean, some of the servers are like, is something wrong with the food? Are you okay? Uh, but, uh, but then, you know, Charlene, she, she was like, Jay, are you all right? And then I, I just kind of cried a little bit more. And said, well, I'm, it's just because you guys are leaving tomorrow. And I already miss you guys. And uh, at that point, I remember uh, Bradley, he, he went over to me and he gave me a big hug, gave his crying daddy a big hug. Uh, and then, you know, Charlene, she came over and gave her crying husband a big hug. And then the next day, I remember we went to the airport and I sent them off at the departure gate. And we took a selfie together. In fact, that's our selfie. And you know what? For the next five weeks, I didn't take another selfie. Not until they got back. And it was one of those things where, even though I was physically in Vancouver, I felt like my heart was somewhere else. Have you ever felt that way before? Maybe with a long-distance relationship or maybe someone in your life that you miss, and you're kind of physically here, but your heart is somewhere else. And that's how I felt. And it was one of those things where, as much as we talk through a screen, you know, as much as we talk on the phone, it was never quite the same as being by their side. And it was one of those things where I mention it because you might think, what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, let me tell you what. The reason I mention it is because God loves you and wants to be close to you. The fact is, like a loving parent, God is actually always thinking about you. The Bible describes God not as just a judge or a king who's really far away, but he's actually described as a loving father. And I don't know what your relationship with your father is like. Maybe your father is still here. Maybe your father passed. Maybe your father is close to you. Maybe your father is not. But the Bible describes God as a loving father. And if what the Bible says is true, and Jesus is not just this ordinary human being, he's not just a famous teacher, but that he's actually what the Bible says that he is, that he is the eternal son of God. He is a mighty God, as we just read in Isaiah 9, is that if Jesus is truly God, then what that means is that when Jesus was born on that very first Christmas day. This wasn't just a regular human being coming into the world. This was God visiting humankind. This was heaven meeting earth. And why was that the case? It's because Jesus was born so that you could know the gift of God's presence. Jesus was born so that you could know the gift of God's presence you know lately I've been using a a service online a lot it's called Uber Eats you guys use that you guys ever use that maybe use you know DoorDash or Skip the Dishes it's where instead of you having to go and get the food yourself you can just order online and the food comes to your doorstep I remember the first time I used Uber Eats I was so excited I was like wow I can actually track the delivery boy I'm like oh yeah there they go oh they're almost here they're almost here they're almost, oh, oh, they're, they're almost, oh, oh they're, they're at the, oh, oh yeah, 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 okay. Oh, uh, hi, hi, thank thank you, thank thank you. Okay, and I close the door, that's Uber Eats. Maybe some of you guys use Amazon.com, do you guys use Amazon a lot? Yeah? I, I find that in our home, we are like a Amazon, like, storage area, because we get packages from Amazon almost every day. I'm not sure who's purchasing them, but the fact is this, is that, uh, I know, but I just won't say, the fact is this is that we get these packages to our doorstep every day. Why do I mention that? It's because Christmas is a lot like Uber Eats. Christmas is a lot like buying from Amazon.ca. Is that instead of us having to go out and find God somewhere, Christmas is when God, like a package from heaven, wrapped in human flesh, came to our doorstep and got near to us. And see, it was because God loves you and wants to be close to you. Turn here and say, once again, God loves you. Maybe you grew up in a home where the people that you were supposed to be close to, you actually weren't that close to maybe it was one of those things where, you know, you thought you you, you should be tight or you sh- thought, you know, that the emotions should be strong, but for some reason, it was like they weren't around. Or maybe they were physically present, but they were emotionally away. Or maybe it was one of the things where you just grew up in a really, really super strict home where, you know, f- people didn't uh, express their affection very much and it was always kind of, you felt like you were you know d- d- judged and measured by your performance all the time. Or maybe it's one of those things where, b- for reasons beyond your control, there's someone in your life that couldn't be with you even though you wanted them to be. Maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's a friend. And because those people were away, you kind of tend to project that same image on God and think, you know, God must be really far away. God must not really care. God must be really distant. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus was born on that very first Christmas so that you would know God loves you and he wants to be close to you. And see, Luke chapter 2, verse 12 says it this way. Read it with me in a big, loud voice. 1, 2, 3, it says, This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think Jesus was born in a manger? Keep in mind what a manger is. A manger is a feeding trough for animals. Say, I'm a cow, I'm very hungry. I will put my mouth into the manger and I'll start eating from the manger. It's a dirty thing. It's like a kind of a disgusting thing. Why would Jesus, of all places, be born in a manger? If he's the king of kings, shouldn't he be born in some kind of royal palace? If he's the king of kings, shouldn't he have at least a castle as big as Elsa's and Frozen 2? Like, shouldn't he have that? But the fact is that he wasn't. He was born in a manger. Why? Another question. Why was it that Jesus' parents, they weren't kings and queens? They weren't this royal elite in Jerusalem. But there were these lowly, humble peasants from a town called Nazareth that very little people ever heard of. Why? Why is it that the first people who heard the announcement that Jesus Christ was born, it wasn't the powerful politicians. It wasn't the popular celebrities. It wasn't the very pious religious people. But it was these ordinary people called shepherds who were not religious. They would be working while everyone else at church. Why them? I believe the reason why Jesus was born in a manger, that his parents were just very ordinary people, why the first people who received the announcement of Jesus' birth were these ordinary shepherds, is to show us something, which is that your life doesn't need to be all perfect and put together before God is one day close to you. The fact is, God loves you, and he wants to be close to you, regardless of your background. If you believe that, say amen. And see, maybe you've grown up thinking that if you want to be loved... If you want to be accepted, if you want to be included, you have to meet certain conditions. You have to look a certain way. You need to act a certain way. You need to do certain things. You need to you can meet a certain standard. You need to you know, qualify under certain criteria. I'm here to tell you this. God's love is not like that. God's love for you is unconditional. His love for you is not based on your performance. It's not based on your past. It's based on who he is because the Bible says God is love. And see, just like the song we sang earlier today, it says, for the broken, for the wounded, for the lost, for the hurting, for the lonely, those are the people Jesus came for. And see, you might be asking, say, well, JB, how can a loving God exist when there is so much suffering and so much mess in this world today? You look around, you look on the news, you know, you read on your phone, even in your own life, you look around, there's all these messes around you. How can a God like that exist if I've got all this mess in my life? That leads me to the second reason why Jesus' birth is good news, of great joy for all people, and why it's relevant to us today. And the second reason is this. Jesus was born so that you would know that in the messes of life, you have a Savior who is by your side. In the messes of life, the biggest issues of your life, the biggest disappointments of your life, the biggest pain of your life, the biggest problems of your life, you have a Savior who's by your side. Are you going through a messy time right now? Has it been a messy Christmas, not so much a merry Christmas? The fact is this, maybe you're here, and while you know Christmas is supposed to be this happy thing, while you know that Christmas is supposed to be about celebration, maybe today, if you had to be really honest with yourself, the fact is Christmas is not really a happy time for you, at least not this year. Maybe it's a sad time. Maybe it's a dark time. Maybe it's a gloomy time. Maybe the reason why it's a gloomy time for you is because your future is uncertain. Maybe something happened at work and your career is now a little bit shaken up and you don't really know what to do anymore. Maybe it's because your health or the health of someone you love is right now, you know, in a, in an, in, there's an issue there and you're not really sure what's going to happen. And, and, and so while people are celebrating around you and you put a smile on your face yourself, deep down there's stress. Deep down there's worry. It's tough for you to see hope in the future. Is that you today? I'm here to let you know there's a Savior by your side. You know, maybe you're here and and it's a gloomy and dark time for you because there's someone near and dear to you who's who's not near to you anymore. They're still always dear, but they're not near to you anymore. Maybe you lost someone that you love earlier this past year. Maybe someone that you cared very much about that for reasons beyond your control, they can't be beside you right now. And while other people are celebrating, you can't help but think about that person and wonder how they're doing or you can't help but think about that person and miss that person and wish they were, they were, they were with you right now, and as a result, you miss them. I'm here to tell, I'm here to tell you today, in the mess you have a savior who's by your side. You know, in a dark and gloomy time, you might feel like you know th- stuff is just really incredibly stressful right now. It's like, man, I've got like 20 balls that I'm trying to juggle in the air. I can't even drop a single one. Life is stressful. Life is frustrating. And you know it because your relationships are strained. You are stressed out. And it's supposed to be a happy time, Christmas is, but it's not so much for you because deep down, you're just irritated. Deep down, you are overstretched. And you feel like, how can it be celebrating a time like, like this. If that's you, I want to let you know there's a Savior that's by your side. See, Jesus was born into this world to show you that in the messes of life, you have a Savior who's by your side. And that you might be going through a messy season of your life right now, but the story is not over. We here have a saying at Thrive, which is the best is yet to come. And maybe you might be going through a tough season right now, but here's believing that whatever tough season you're going through right now is part of a much greater story that God is writing with your life that is far beyond all that you could have asked for, imagined, or written yourself. Oh, come on, give God, give God a big, big hand here this place right now. Amen. You might think that your stress, your worry, your grief kind of disqualify you from celebrating Christmas. They kind of disable you from celebrating Christmas. Like, I can't celebrate Christmas. Not this way. I'm here to tell you the whole point of Christmas, the whole reason why Jesus was born into this world was for people in exactly your kind of situation. Because God knows how much mess there is in this world. In fact, he made this world where we are free to choose. If we have to be really honest with ourselves, a lot of times the messes that we see in life are the result of choices that maybe we made or other people made that weren't the best choices and as a result it creates certain messes but see God allows us to have the freedom to choose because he wanted a world where love is possible and you can't have love without choice and see here's the thing if if we were to ask God to get rid of all the mess in the world get rid of all the evil in the world get rid of everything that's messy then you know what he'd have to do he'd have to get rid of you and me as well it's because if we had to be really honest with ourselves I find that the biggest messes that I see in life are often not the ones outside of me. It's the mess inside of me. It's the brokenness inside of me. It's, you know, the envy or the hatred or the bitterness or, the, or, the, or you know anything else that you might struggle with. Lust, jealousy, you know, you know, just hopelessness, negativity, critical spirit, you know, all these things that are inside of us that we don't want to admit is there, but we know it's there and it's a mess inside of us. Sometimes the biggest mess we deal with is nothing outside of us, it's inside of us. And you know what, the Bible has a word for that. The word is sin. The word is sin. And see, sin, what is sin? Sin is that tendency in us to do things our way, not God's way. It's saying, God, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you feel. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you command. I'm going to do things my way, how I feel, how I want. That's called sin. And whenever we sin, and every every single one of us has sinned, when we sin, it creates a mess. It messes up our relationship with people. It messes up our peace of mind. It messes up, most of all, our relationship with God. In fact, there's a verse in the Bible that says that the wages of sin is death. In other words, the result of having sin, this mess in our lives, is that we can't have anything to do with God, not now or forever, because God is sinless. God is holy. God is perfect. We are sinful. We are not perfect. We are not holy. We can't get to God no matter how hard we try, no matter how good we think we are. God is perfect. We are not, and so we can't reach God no matter how hard we try. Because of that, the wages of sin is death. We can't be with God. We're separate from God now. We're separate from God forever, and here's the thing, is that what do you do with the mess called sin. See, a lot of religions say, well, if you have a mess called sin, well, clean it up. You need to clean it up yourself. Try harder then. You didn't clean it up yet enough. Keep on cleaning it. Keep on working harder. Do more. You haven't done enough. That's what religions will tell you to do. But the fact is, no matter how much you and I try to clean up our sin, we will never be perfect like God is. I can't meet my own standards, let alone God's standards. How can I possibly think I reach God or I can be able to reach God? The fact is I can't. But the great news that Jesus came to give us at Christmas is that when we were separate from God and had no way of reaching God, God reached for us when he sent Jesus Christ for us is that God didn't want to be apart from us. He didn't want to say, forget it. I'll have to hell with you. Instead, he said, you know what? Because I love you. I want to be close to you. I love you with an unconditional love. I don't want to be apart from you for now or for forever. Like a parent who's away from you, I want to be close to you. I'm going to send Jesus, my son to do something that you guys could never do. I'm going to bring Jesus Christ, my son, into this world. He's going to live the perfect life. He's going to live the life that only God in the flesh could live. He's going to live a life that meets all of God's requirements. And not only is he going to live that kind of life, but he's also going to die on the cross. And he's not going to die on the cross for his sins, because he didn't have sin. He's going to die on the cross for you and for me, so that we can be forgiven of our sin, so that the wages of our sin, called death, is paid for by someone else. His name is Jesus. And the Bible says that not only did Jesus die on the cross for our sins, but he was buried. And he rose again to show that he's not any ordinary person, but that he is the son of God, that he has conquered death and sin so that anyone who places their trust in Jesus, not only are their sins forgiven, but they have life in God, a relationship with him, hope for eternity. Oh, come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Amen. Amen. You know, religion will tell you, you want to get to heaven? You want to become your own God? You want to reach nirvana? You want to get enlightenment? Try harder. Do more. Save yourself. Clean up your own mess. And if it's not clean enough, keep on trying. Religion is about man trying to reach God. But Jesus, it's the opposite. With Jesus, it's not man trying to reach God. It's God reaching for man. It's not man trying to save himself. It's God coming to the rescue. And that's why Luke chapter 2 verse 11 says it this way. Read with me in a big loud voice. One, two, three. It says, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Notice what it says about Jesus. It says, it doesn't say today a good person has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. It doesn't say today a good teacher who's going to show you what you need to do has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. He doesn't say, today, a prophet has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. No, it says, today, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. See, many people, they think all religions are the same, aren't they? Aren't they? It's you know, it's all about just doing good, being a good person. You know what? On a super, 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 superficial level, that might be true. Maybe. But when you start to dig a little bit deeper, you're going to see that actually different religions actually contradict one another. And if you want to see the essence of what Christianity is, you're going to find this. Is that with, when it comes to other faiths, other philosophies, other religions, it's all about what you have to do to clean up your mess and get to God. But with Christianity, with Jesus, it's not about what you have to do to get to God. It's about what God has already done for you in Jesus Christ. Oh, come on. Give God a big, big hand here this place right now. It's not about what you have to do. It's what God has done for you, and that to me is good news of great joy for all people. See, you don't need to clean up your mess before God will love you and want to be close to you. God already knows full well about our mess. Instead of looking down on us and judging us and saying, clean up your mess and then come up here to me, he said, let me go down to where you are. Let me be born in this world. Let me help you with this mess and me come down to you. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And you're going to find that something happens when you do that is that when you begin to trust in Jesus Christ, and not what you do, but what he has done for you on the cross, that's when you experience God's forgiveness. That's when you experience God's peace in your heart. That's when you experience hope in your heart as well. You know, we've got a lot of outstanding people here at our church. Today, uh, I want to invite up a very outstanding lady uh, called Carmen. And Carmen, she's here to share her story of the difference that Jesus made in her life. And so would you please join me in giving a warm welcome to Carmen as she comes up to share her story today. Praise God.
1: Thank you, Pastor JB. Hi, my name is Carmen, and I'm so glad to be sharing with you my testimony today. I came from an ordinary family in Hong Kong, and I was not raised in a family of faith. Instead, I was taught to take charge of my own life. And uh, knowing my duties well, I studied hard and I got good grades in school. And I was recognized by the teachers and my peers as a role model. As a result, I trusted in myself in all things. Although I have heard about Jesus, I didn't need him or I didn't need a savior of any kind. When I was young, I, um, I remember my, my parents always struggled to make ends meet. We didn't have many new toys, new clothes And our toys are always handmade And um, like many Chinese families uh, We wouldn't express our love or speak it out And emotionally, we were rather isolated And despite all the achievements I have attained I felt that deep down, I wanted to be loved I longed for love And so, at the age of 17, I started dating Hoping to find my Mr. Right, to have my family of my own, and I had a lot of fantasies about love. I would easily fall in love with someone and get into a relationship. But as these things um, repeated, then I felt hurt sometimes, and I hurt others too. When I was 22, I graduated from college, and. Um, Uh, On the outside, I may look fine, I have a job, and I I was in a relationship. However, inside, I felt lonely, empty, and I lost. So I was wondering uh, about my life purpose. And a few months later, I met a client at work who shared with me about Jesus. He said something like, um, you could be very successful, However, if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus, that doesn't mean anything. Something in his message appealed to me that I did an unusual thing, um, the arrogant me, I asked a colleague to bring me to church. And that was the very first time I attended a church service. A Christian prayed for me who didn't have a clue of my problems. And unexpectedly, I wept and tears kept running down from my face. And I, it was like the burden, the brokenness, all the guilt and unhappiness all ran down with the tears. And at the same time, I felt accepted, satisfied, and loved. And for the first time in many years, I felt joy in my heart and I, my body felt light. On that day, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And from that day on, I, well, I was eager to know more about Jesus and His love. And I started to go to church regularly. I was baptized the year after in 2002. And then, um, due to my upbringing, I I used to have a low self-image. And I struggled in comparison, in envy. I may look strong and confident outside, but deep down, nobody knows that I'm vulnerable, I'm weak, and I long to be loved. In Jesus, I found the love I've been longing for the love that is not selfish, the love that will never change, and that truly satisfied my heart. And then I met Tim, uh, who is now my husband. We got married in 2006, and the year after, I, I was pregnant for, with our first baby. And we were, at that time, we were overjoyed. We believed it was a gift from God. In the 18th week of my pregnancy, however, I miscarried with an unknown reason. And I had lots of doubts, and I blamed God for what happened. Then one day, I remember Tim said to me, The greatest gift God has ever given us is Jesus Christ, His own Son. And these words reminded me how God came for me, how He gave me His own Son who died on the cross for my sins. And I repented, And since then, God is no longer a super daddy to me who just come to answer my request and to do my will. He is a God who will go through all the ups and downs with me. Praise God. And now I'm a mother of two boys. And in Jesus, I found my life purpose, to share his love with others. And praise God, in Jesus, I'm no longer broken. His love has made me whole. May God have all the glory and praise.
0: One more time, can we thank Carmen for so bravely sharing her story today? Thank God. One of my favorite quotes about Christmas says, the hope of Christmas is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Jesus. You can be going through a really difficult time right now, a time of grieving, a time of frustration, a time of great disappointment, a time of worry and uncertainty. But when you've got the presence of Jesus, when you've got the Savior by your side, you have hope even in the midst of that trouble. You might be going through a troubled time today with your family, with your marriage, with your future, with your health, with the health of someone you love, with your finances, but I'm here to tell you today, Jesus was born on Christmas Day to show that in your biggest messes in life, you have a Savior who's by your side. My question for you today is this. Have you received the gift of God's forgiveness, the gift of God's presence that Jesus made possible on the cross for us? How do you receive something like that? How do you? You do it simply by praying a prayer and asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins. In just a minute, I want to lead you in a prayer like that. But before I say that, let me just say, you know, many years ago I invited Jesus Christ into my life to forgive me. It wasn't a super emotional experience, not quite to the degree of Carmen's, where she wept. And what for me, it was one of those things where, um, you know, I, I didn't cry at that time. I know I was touched. I was in church. Maybe if I was eating in a Chinese restaurant, maybe I'd have cried there, but it wasn't. I was in church. And, and I, I was in church, and, and, and uh, I, it was one of those things where the preacher was talking and saying that God loves you, that Jesus died on the cross for you. And I knew this. I didn't know much of the Bible, but I did know this. I did know I believed in God, and I did know that I'm a sinner. Who needs a savior? I knew that for sure. And when he said that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, does anyone want to receive that forgiveness as a free gift of God's love? I remember in the middle of that service, I just—I didn't—I didn't didn't really even care if people knew. I I just—I just—I just raised my hand. I just raised my hand. And even though I didn't cry or weep at that moment, I knew that something was happening in my life. And it was really what happened after that really made the difference. Is that if you were to ask me today? Practically speaking, what difference does having Jesus in my life make? The way I would put it is, is one of the best illustrations I can come up with is, is it's, it's, like, it's like having an umbrella. In fact, Bradley, can you give me that umbrella? Is there an umbrella right there? Can you give that to me? Thank you so much. All right. Praise God. Thank you so much. And see, having Jesus in my life is like having an umbrella. And uh, some people get uncomfortable when people open umbrellas indoors. Don't worry. God is with us. His love is here. All right. here we go. All right. And um, this umbrella for me, is a good illustration of what it means to have Jesus Christ in your life. Because notice this, is that an umbrella doesn't keep the storm from coming, but the umbrella keeps you safe in the storm. And you know, the umbrella, when you've got it and you're under it, you can see a little bit more clearly what's in front of you. And not just that, but you can find that when you've got an umbrella over you, you can actually be of help to others and be a shelter to others. In fact, you'll find that it's always more romantic to be under an umbrella. Amen? <laughs> Let me give you an example. Uh, look, pa- Pastor Shar, why don't you come up right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah Pastor Shar. Pastor yeah, yeah. All right, Pastor Charlene. Yeah, okay. All right, so here you go. Okay, here we go. All right, here you go. So, okay. Pretty romantic, right? Pretty romantic. Romantic, you think? Romantic? Okay, okay, how about this? Very romantic. Very moment Yes. Give the test to Charlene if they can right now. All right. <laughs> the fact is this. 12 years ago, um, Charlene and I, we had to make a big decision in our lives. Uh, we'd been married for a number of years. And for four years, we had been living in Taiwan. And we had a good life there. Uh, Charlene's parents lived there. Her brother was there. Um, a lot of our friends are there. We had good jobs. We are going to a church that we love. And we knew after four years that we needed to come back here to Vancouver. But it was a tough decision. And it was tough for me. I think it was even tougher for Charlene because it meant she had to leave her family. It meant she had to leave her parents. It meant she had to leave her brother. It meant she, we had to leave a lot of things that we love there. And knowing, knowing it would be a challenging season for us with a lot of ups and downs. I remember I'm on the plane with Charlene, and I think Charlene's just reading a book or something. And I remember I wanted to somehow communicate to Char that in this new season of life, that I'm here for her, that through the ups and downs, I'm here for her, and that even more than me, God is here for us, and God is here for her in this new season of life through all the ups and downs that we might experience, and so I decided, you know, sometimes I think musically, and so I I just started to write a song for Charlene, and it's a song about an umbrella, actually. Um, It's not Rihanna's, uh, you know, under my umbrella, Ella, Ella, eh, 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 you know, that's not that, it's not that. Um... Uh, the, the song goes like this, uh, the chorus of it goes, um, it's called All My Life, and uh, the chorus goes, all my life, just like the shore holds up the tide, I'm here to hold you when you cry, and I will never leave your side. All my life, I'm your umbrella in the rain, until the sun comes out again, you can hold on to me for sure, baby, all my life. You guys want to hear the song? Yeah? All right. We didn't really practice this, but we'll do our best. My voice is kind of hoarse, but we'll try it all my life just like the shore holds up the
1: tide
0: i'm here to hold you when you cry and i will never leave your side all my life i'm your umbrella in the rain Until the sun comes out again, you can't hold on to me for sure, baby, all my life. And the verse goes a little bit like this. Um, It goes, and I cannot promise clouds won't come or that you'll never see a storm. But I can say, I'll love you all my life. And I cannot promise you the world, or that you'll never shed a tear. But I can say, I'll keep you safe with me. For years ago, I said I would love you for a lifetime. And on this day, I feel like I love you more than ever all my life. Just like the shore holds up the tide, I'm here to hold you when you cry. And I will never leave your side. All my life, I'm your umbrella in the rain. Until the sun comes out again, you can't hold on to me for sure. Baby, all my life. And, you know, the reason why I share this song with you today is because I believe that's God's love for you. I believe that just as the shore holds up the tide, Jesus is here for you, and he will never leave your side. Through all the ups and downs of your life, through every season, through every change, Jesus is always by your side. He will never leave you. All your life, he is the umbrella in the rain. Until the sun comes out again. And you can hold on to him for sure all the days of your life. And the fact is that even when you have a tough time hanging on to him, the best part of that umbrella, he's hanging on to you. He's hanging on to you. Turn your neighbor and say, Jesus is hanging on to you. Question for you today. Have you received this umbrella called a relationship with Jesus? I should let you know that a relationship with Jesus is like an umbrella, but it's not entirely like an umbrella. The fact is this, is that, you know, a normal umbrella like this, you're going to use it from time to time. You're not going to use it every day. You'll use it when it rains. When it's sunny, of course, you'll put it to the side. But the fact is that a relationship with Jesus is something you will use every day of your life. It's not an accessory. It's a necessity. Not just that, you know, if you you find a normal umbrella like this, 20 bucks at London Drugs. Easy. But the fact is a relationship with Jesus is the most expensive gift you could ever receive because it was paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Another thing about umbrellas is umbrellas, they will wear out. They wear and tear, and you're going to have to get a new one if after a while a relationship with God through Jesus Christ never wears out. You can go through every season, ups and downs. You can have a bad day. You can have a great day. And God's love is always there. And you will never need to get a replacement somewhere else. That is the amazing thing about having a relationship with Jesus. How do you receive a relationship with Jesus Christ? You know what? You do it by simply praying a prayer. It's not about, oh, I have to read the Bible over and over and over again until I get a relationship with Jesus. I have to go to church over and over and over again until I get a relationship. No, no, no. You can receive a relationship with Jesus simply by praying a prayer. That's how easy it is. And see, in just a moment, I want to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer, to receive that gift. And let me just tell you this. You don't need to come from a Christian background to receive this gift. You can be a Buddhist. You can come from a Taoist background. You can come from a completely non-religious background and... You can still receive this gift because it is good news of great joy for all people. And so you don't need to think, oh, you know what? I won't be a good Buddhist if I pray this prayer of forgiveness with Jesus. Because let me tell you this. Jesus is not here to give you a new religion. Jesus is here to give you a relationship. That's what it is. Jesus is not here to give you new rules to follow. He's here to give you a relationship. And all you need to do is open your heart to Jesus. We want to give you an opportunity to do that. And uh, we want to ask you right now to do this. Is uh, I'm going to ask the team, uh, the band to come up, and they'll lead you in a song. After that, I'll lead you in a prayer. Can we all stand? And as you stand to your feet, get ready to sing a song. Would you turn to your neighbor, give them a high five, and say, God loves you so much. Tell them that right now. God loves you so much. God loves you so much. In just a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that you can pray if you want to receive the love and the forgiveness that we're talking about in Jesus Christ today. But I'm a, I'm a very practical kind of guy. And so, you know, I, I often take, you know, I'm always focused on what, what's the practical side of this. Let, let me tell you this. What are the practical benefits of asking Jesus to forgive you? Well, let me go through a few of them really quick right now. Number one, if you ask Jesus to forgive you, you'll have the security of knowing that your sins are forgiven Past, present, future, now, and forever, you are God's child for eternity. It doesn't depend on what you do tomorrow. You can sin tomorrow, and the fact is God's chi- you are still God's child, and you, are st- you still belong to God. Not that we sin because we don't care. We sin when we make mistakes sometimes, but you have the security of knowing that your sins are forgiven. Number two, you'll have a peace that is bigger than your problems, a peace that passes understanding, the Bible says. Number three, you'll have power to overcome worry, fear and temptation because you know if God is for me, who can be against me? I don't need to be a slave to fear anymore. I don't be a slave to depression anymore. I don't need to be a slave to worry anymore because God is with me. Number four, you'll gain wisdom to improve your relationships because it's not just a relationship with God, but it's also it helps your relationship with people. You become a better lover of people as a result. Number five, and last one, you'll have joy and hope for tomorrow that are stronger than whatever challenges you're going through today and so can I ask with every head bowed and every eye closed we just want to lead those of you who want to receive God's forgiveness today in a prayer and you know today we've been talking about how Jesus was born on Christmas day so that you would know that God loves you wants to be close to you so that you would know that in all the messes of life you have a savior who's by your side and so if you want to receive that love And that forgiveness. You want to be forgiven of your sins. Not because you earned it, but because it's a gift of God's unconditional love for you. If you want to receive that today, I'm going to encourage you right now to do this one thing. Don't worry about your neighbor because it doesn't concern them. Why don't you just lift your hand to God right now why don't you just lift your hand to God to heaven right now. Let the height of your hands reflect your sincerity. And if you want God's forgiveness over your life today, if you want to receive the gift of God's love and forgiveness in your life through Jesus Christ, why don't you just lift your hand to God right now. And uh, again, this is between you and God, so this is not time to look around. This is between you and God right now. And uh, I'm just going to invite you, as you have your hands raised and your heart open, why don't you pray this prayer with me right now. you can say, Dear Jesus, Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you died on the cross to pay for my sins, that you rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and fill me with your love, your forgiveness, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you that starting today, because of Jesus, I'm forgiven I am a child of God, I'm a a citizen of heaven, heaven. and the best is yet to come. In In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now?